Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> With honest intentions, on April the 4th, 2016, a humble gathering of writers decided to put out a weekly short story podcast featuring the best horror, sci-fi and thriller stories this side of the apocalypse. Within the space of five short years, the show went on to amass 8 million downloads and over 900 reviews. It built up a multinational creative team, it sold a film and TV option, and the show continues to feast on the ears of many thousands of listeners each and every week. This is it. This is our five-year anniversary. This is madness, isn't it? Maybe. But it's also been really fun. And getting to know you listeners, whether you're in the Facebook group, the Discord server, or you're one of our amazing patrons who've supported us over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver, or you purchased a book, a mug, poster, or a t-shirt, it's been amazing. Which is uh, why it saddens me to say, I have some news that you may not want to hear. The other stories is never going to stop. It's just going to keep going. When the world ends, there'll be irradiated cockroaches and this podcast, and that'll be it. Yeah, we have no plans of going anywhere, so thanks very much for listening, and thanks for continuing to listen into the future, the apocalypse and beyond. Anyway, a couple of big projects on the horizon, pre-apocalypse, we've put together a new book 
a best of collection that will feature 30 of the best stories we've run in the last five years. So if you want to get first dibs on that, head over to hawkandcleaver.com forward slash best of. hawkandcleaver.com forward slash best of. And you'll find a sign up form where we'll be revealing the amazing new cover illustrated by Pi Par very, very soon. We've put a lot of effort into the production of this thing, so we're really excited to, to get it out there. And secondly, Hawk and Cleaver have been in the podcast business for quite a while now. We started small with a zero budget and we made tons of mistakes along the way and we want to help other people not make those same mistakes. And so we're now offering some services. So whether you're looking to get into writing horror stories or you want to start podcasting, we can help. We're offering story critiques and we can give you lessons on getting started with your own podcast if you're a beginner or if you're more advanced. If any of that sounds fun to you, head over to theotherstories.net forward slash services. Once again, that's theotherstories.net forward slash services. With those two items out of the way, I'm really happy to present today's story. As soon as we read it in the submissions pile, we knew that we had to pluck it out and present it as our five-year anniversary episode. So without further ado, today's episode is Let the Iced One In, written by Kate M. Tight and narrated by Alexandra Elroy. It's twilight. I jerk awake from my dream of entombment in stifling heat thick with the stench of pastry. I've been having this awful dream every night for the last five hundred years. And then I realize with sick rising panic that I'm still in the dream I'm standing upright it is warm and damp and there's an overpowering smell of human foods it takes me a moment to identify them sugar almonds spices Vanilla. Then I remember. At dawn I climbed inside a giant cake. And Poppy iced the lid shut. I feel the vibration of the engine and a slight bump as she slows the van for a red light. This means that she's driving me Inside the cake, to the dinner. She's doing everything according to plan. Poppy has all the qualities I look for in an assistant. Charm, efficiency, and sadism. One might almost, if one were being judgmental, call her a thrill-seeking psychopath. I'm still sleepy, so I drift off into a reverie about my favourite assistants. The delectable Marco guided me through the bloody chaos of Renaissance Florence. Wolfgang waltzed with me in Vienna. The pert, pouting Claudine prowled with me through the cafes of Paris. Ah, the French know how to live. 
They have that toothsome blend of discipline and abandon, refinement sprinkled with vulgarity. Don't wash, Josephine, don't wash. Poor Claudine. I didn't want to kill her, but she was getting a double chin, so what else could I do? Poppy's throat is still exquisite. She was wearing a new necklace yesterday. I bent my head to look, placing one finger in the dip between her collarbones to feel her hot blood fluttering, and she never even flinched. She is either fearless or naive, but it doesn't really matter which. I can use her either way. For this evening's festivities, Poppy will be wearing a little black dress and silent sold wipe-clean loafers. The stench of the cake is getting oppressive. It amazes me that people eat such things. Incredible to think that I ever ate such things. The thought of chewing and swallowing, of lumps of matter slipping down my gullet revolts me. If only humans could stick to liquid food like soup, it would be so much less disgusting. This ruse with the cake is absurd and undignified, but I have had to become creative to outwit the modern world. It wasn't like this in the old days. Children died of smallpox. Cities were ravaged by plague, fire and flood. The soldiers never heeded the prayers of the nuns. Bodies swung in their cages at the crossroads. The rotten fingers of saints lay in crystal reliquaries. Pray for us sinners. And there were always rumours of something out there. In the darkness, beyond the city walls, which cast neither shadow nor reflection, rich or poor, they were terrified to see my fangs bearing down on them, but never actually surprised. They always knew that evil was coming for them. I used to leave the bloodless bodies where they fell. There were so many corpses strewn about that nobody paid much attention. I blame the Enlightenment for my present predicament. Industry, electricity, the horrid rise of the middle classes. I despise the bourgeoisie. They have such tiresome fetishes. Education, evidence, equality... Take Scandinavia, how marvellous it was in the winter. How I loved those endless nights of slaughter full of beasts howling in the black wilderness. But Sweden is no place for me nowadays. They ride bicycles. There was a time when I could employ the arts of seduction. Long letters, love poetry and candlelight suited me very well. Now it's all dating apps and send news plus. I like to imagine that I'm beautiful, but honestly I can't remember. My image doesn't appear in mirrors or photographs. 
Sometimes I toy with the idea of getting my portrait painted just to find out. I lost my hair long ago, but Poppy keeps me well supplied with wigs. They say that hair continues to grow after death, but that is not true. In those who are dead in the conventional sense, the skin shrinks to hug the contours of the skull more closely, so the hair appears longer. It's a phenomenon I have had plenty of opportunity to study. In the lean times, I have been forced to spend a great deal of time with corpses. It was during one of those long, hungry waits in a mausoleum that I first came up with this idea. It was a couple of hundred years ago, but I've been waiting for the perfect moment, so I have had plenty of time to plan it. Poppy had wanted to make the cake out of cardboard. Nobody's actually going to eat it, are they? She said. The baker had also questioned my choices. A pop-out cake, he said, must be low enough to allow the showgirl to step out gracefully in her high heels. You wouldn't want it to fall over and spoil the effect. But I was insistent. I wanted an enormous cake, the size of a small car fancily iced in pastel shades. I chose my outfit very carefully and dressed in suede, plum-coloured high heels such as Marie Antoinette wore to meet her fate. She stumbled to the scaffold and nervously mumbled sorry as she trod on the executioner's toes, so I was told. It was daylight at the time, so I wasn't able to watch the bloody spectacle. But I admired the late Queen's sense of occasion. It's getting late now. I can sense the darkness thickening and smell the hot blood of humans. Excitement is welling up in me. Poppy is talking to the caterers. They are wheeling in the cake, ready for my grand entrance. All doors are locked, Poppy murmurs. Are the windows barred? I ask, the curtains drawn. I needn't have worried. My lovely Poppy, a model of detail-oriented efficiency, has done the necessaries in her sensible silent loafers. There is a popping of champagne corks, a tapping of teaspoon on glass. Enter cake, stage right. At Poppy's signal, a discreet finger click. Up I pop like a jack-in-the-box. Surprise! I soar over the cake in one bound. Happy returns to the Royal Society of Surgery, 500 years old today. The room erupts into laughter as I fling my arms around the Honourable President in my little sequined mini-dress and my suede shoes all covered with icing. Dear Sir Henry, I say, doesn't this remind you of the company of barber surgeons' first ever dinner back in 1520? Sir Henry laughed nervously. Can't you remember? I say, I can. At that famed dinner... I'm getting into my stride now. They served up an enormous pie. When the pie was opened, a dozen little doves flew out. I still dream about it every night. The heat, the darkness, the smell of the pastry. I needed to pee and I had cramp in my legs, but when they whipped the crust off that pie, out I hopped with the other little girls and we ran around the room squealing from terror. 
We were naked as the day we were born, apart from the silly little bird wings they tied on us, which got all crushed and bent. Mrs. Roberts said we had to be good girls and do what we were told, or bad things would happen. Well, I did what I was told, and bad things happened anyway. We were entertainment, you see. The room is hushed. Perhaps they don't believe me. I suppose that bit hasn't made it into the society's archives. I look around at the dull, respectable, bespectacled faces of the surgeons with their grey hair and tired pouches under their eyes. Some of them are even women. Sun Tzu said that if you wait by the river long enough, the bodies of your enemies will float by. Well, I've waited 500 years for this. I have already outlived all the barber surgeons by hundreds of years. Isn't that revenge enough? I lick my lips. No. I am hungry, and I want my blood, and I want my ice-cold revenge. I am going to drink this president and all the other surgeons and their distinguished guests and their medical colleagues. When I bare my fangs and rip back the head of the Nobel Prize winner, Poppy showed me the seating plan so I know where it is, they run for the exits. One of them brandishes a little cake knife at me. A swipe of my talons finishes him off. Happy anniversary! I howl. I save the president for last. It's not until Sir Henry is surrounded by a mound of corpses that realisation dawns on his educated, enlightened face. There is a rare quality to the fear of the bourgeoisie, an indignant, self-righteous bafflement. They have a look that says, How could this happen to me? I have qualifications. Nobody expects vampires anymore. I enjoy the nasty shock they get when they realise that all their legislation and their codes of ethics won't save them. You wouldn't believe the difficulties medical ethics have caused me. Poor Sir Henry. He has just realised that he is not the centre of the universe after all. God and the devil do battle on the face of the earth every night, and human souls are just the pawns in their game. Sir Henry is wondering whether there is time to pray. No, there is not. There will be no Damascus conversion for Sir Henry. When I have finished with my slaughter, I rise up into the air and float dreamily over the blood. There's no point now. My plum-coloured suede heels are already ruined. But it's a piece of theatre I enjoy. And Poppy has done so well. She deserves to see a full spectacle. Her face is shining with voyeuristic pleasure. Who's next on the list? she asked. I think things over for a moment. I have killed off all of the nation's finest medics in a single night. What sweet, delicious chaos there will be now. They tell me that the ice caps are melting, the forests are burning, plague stalks the land once more. There will be war soon, I can smell it in the air. The Enlightenment is over. A new dark age is dawning. I will never have that awful dream again. I will never again be hungry. There are always barbarians at the threshold waiting to invade, I tell Poppy, 
and there's always a hand outstretched for its thirty pieces of silver, ready to unlock the gates. Make sure you give the caterers a very large tip, and start researching the national grid. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Let the Ice Swan In was written by Kate M. Tite, narrated by Alexandra Elroy, edited by Duncan Muggleton, with music by Alex Mason and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. Today's episode illustration of Kez the Hawk, the editor of The Other Stories, was by Christina Pilalova. I was sure I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Kate Tite was born in Bath, England. She worked as an archivist for over 10 years before moving to Lisbon, where she works as an English teacher. Her non-fiction has appeared in various British history and genealogy magazines. Her essays have appeared in Slightly Foxed, and her fiction in Storgy, Rig Welter, The Fiction Pool, and in Madness Hearts Press Anthology, Ghastly Gastronomy. She's also a book reviewer for Storgy and The Short Story. Alexandra Elroy is a bilingual voice actress and writer who lives in the Netherlands. She loves everything to do with stories, especially creative and playful horror. Her favourite voices to do are witches, goblins and crazy computers. When she's not voicing, writing or mummying, she directs plays that are adapted from classic novels such as Pride and Prejudice, Death on the Nile and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can help support the show over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. You can join our book club and movie club and chat about the podcast over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver. T-shirts and mugs and posters and comic books are available at gumroad.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. The other stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and it's brought to you for Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. And I just said that without reading it and it means don't change it. Don't sell it, but by all means, share the hell out of it. So, until next time. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.